I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly and this is The Detail's Long Read. Today, a look at plans for the South Island's fifth airport in Taras, central Otago. Farmland around the proposed location is being quietly bought up, but in these days when emissions from flying is a hot topic, opposition to the plan is intense and building. Jill Heron, a journalist based in Cromwell, has been keeping abreast of developments for Newsroom. She asks, just how viable is the Taras Airport scheme? With aviation's cool factor in decline in the midst of the climate emergency, a proposal for a new airport in central Otago is copping relentless opposition. Building new airports may have been generally celebrated as progress a few decades ago, but the need to cut greenhouse gas emissions is tempering that enthusiasm. Environmental groups are increasingly pressuring the airline industry, and Christchurch International Airport's bid to build a new international facility in the heart of central Otago is finding itself at the eye of the storm. A meeting last week of Christchurch City Council and other recent meetings began with groups speaking against the proposed jet-capable airport in Taras. They say it's an example of what not to do in a climate crisis. But the airport company, which is three-quarters council-owned and a quarter by the government, says it is dedicated to decarbonisation and that major progress is being made. It says construction of this considerable chunk of infrastructure could begin in six years' time. The Taras plan has been in the public arena since 2020, when the company confirmed it had bought a 750-hectare chunk of central farmland. Representations against the proposal have been made to the City Council by a group of prominent academics, a ratepayer group, Extinction Rebellion, Sustainable Taras, and last week, 350 Ōtotahi Christchurch. Opponents have also recently presented at Otago Regional Council meetings and policy hearings, the Central Otago District Council and outside Parliament in Wellington. Some of the groups support each other and a huge No New Airports banner they share is becoming a familiar sight. Sustainable Taras Deputy Chairperson Marilyn Duxon says members have paid for the production of videos outlining their concerns and distributed these to councillors, Christchurch resident groups, the airport company and everyone else you could think of and his dog. They are raising funds for continuing the work, including getting legal advice. Aviation in general is the wider target, with the industry accounting for 3.5% of global carbon emissions. Signs of change internationally include Amsterdam's Schiphol Airport, one of the world's busiest, last week saying it will ban private jets, reduce hours and scrap plans for a new runway. Frequent flyer programmes are drawing flak, and even state weather forecaster Met Service has attracted criticism for carrying aviation-related advertising on its website.
Graham Townsend, who spoke for the group 350 Ōtautahi Christchurch at last week's council meeting, cites dozens of sources that say sustainable aviation fuels, including green hydrogen, are a long way off. Currently, 99% of the world's hydrogen is manufactured from fossil fuels, he says. There will never be enough electricity available to manufacture green hydrogen as a fuel in addition to its other uses as a chemical feedstock, he says. The role and responsibility of both central and local government is now to maximise the well-being of citizens within the harsh limits imposed by the laws of physics. We are answerable to our mokopuna, Townsend told councillors. Christchurch Mayor Phil Major, describing the Taris Airport topic as being dear to his heart, commended the environmental group's presentation, saying he had listened intently. The airport company, which is developing the 400-hectare renewable energy precinct in Christchurch, says it sees green hydrogen as one of the most promising zero-emission fuels. With five other companies, including Air New Zealand and plane maker Airbus, it has formed a hydrogen consortium. In a press release, it says the aim is to support the country to pioneer the commercial deployment of green hydrogen-powered aircraft. Christchurch Airport Chief Executive Justin Watson says climate change has further strengthened the international aviation sector's resolve to decarbonise. Major progress is being made, Watson said at the consortium launch. There have been successful test flights of zero-emission aircraft. There are new sustainable aviation fuels that can cut emissions by up to 80%, and a huge amount of research is going into how to commercialise these solutions. James Hyam, a University of Otago professor of tourism and convener of a group of academics called Informed Leaders, told Newsroom they want to ensure the significant body of established science and emerging research is heeded in Taris Airport decision-making. This includes topics such as the likely trajectory of aviation technologies and the research around carbon emissions, climate change and environmental effects. This will be an easy-to-access resource where decision-makers can see summaries of the available research and access the detail themselves if they wish. We are also planning to put together independent science-based briefings for these people, including from leading global experts. Meanwhile, on the ground in Taras, an assessment of two possible alignments for the proposed 2.2-kilometre runway is nearly finished. Spokesperson Yvonne Densom says the airport company is on track to begin the consenting process next year. We've been looking at a number of different aspects, including flora and fauna, soil and water on and around the site. We're also progressing the aeronautical analysis and gathering data to inform environmental assessments that will ultimately be required, she says. She goes on to say the company accepts there are differing ideas regarding aviation and climate change. There will always be a range of views on both or particular project aspects such as the speed at which decarbonisation of aviation will occur. Meanwhile, lifestyle blocks are continuing to sell around the site of the proposed international airport, with newcomers arriving into a community impatient for clarity on the project. 
The consent process coincides with sustainability and community consultation policies tightening across all levels of government. No one yet knows how current trends like the move away from mass tourism or these policy shifts being gradually translated into law might affect Christchurch Airport's efforts to get the idea off the ground. The company perceives a future gap in aviation infrastructure in central Otago, but accepts it will have to meet environmental expectations in order to fill it, Christchurch Airport Central Otago project manager Michael Singleton says. It was aware of new lifestyle activity, namely a new 17-lot subdivision across the road from the site, but Singleton brushes off the potential for land-use clashes That subdivision has been approved. It lies directly under one possible flight path and slightly to the right of the other. That investment highlights that others see Terrace will continue to be an attractive place for people to move to, he says. All developments, including ours, need to follow the rules and go through independent legal processes to get the approvals they need to proceed. The Central Otago District Council's planning department confirmed that in assessing such applications, no consideration of possible future applications is given, with only the effects of the application in front of them being assessed. Meanwhile, Otago Regional Council General Manager of Strategy, Policy and Science, Gwyneth Alsom, says her council has two new big policy works currently underway, a regional policy statement and a land and water regional plan. In general, she says, and in keeping with the direction of national environmental standards and national policy statements, both documents will provide stricter environmental protections in some areas. Environmental protections will also be guided by the local community's aspiration for their environment. She says it's possible the policies could impact any new infrastructure development, but it's too early in the process to speculate further. Christchurch Airport's submission on the draft regional policy statement requested a condition seeking to avoid new infrastructure in areas with high ecological, cultural, heritage landscape and amenity values be deleted to allow an appropriate consenting pathway for necessary projects. The company's submission supported provisions for offsetting and compensation for unavoidable effects on Indigenous biodiversity, stating that some aspects of the protections being proposed were overly onerous. Michael Singleton says the submissions are not specific to the tariffs proposal, but part of a general contribution to a new policy for the region – a process Christchurch Airport takes part in where our insight might be useful to decision makers. If the proposal gets to the consenting stage, the Otago Regional Council, or ORC, would be required to rule on water and discharge permits. The Central Otago District Council would deal with resource consents for land use, building consents, noise issues, any trade waste, and food and liquor licensing, according to a council planning spokesperson. Last year, the Christchurch City Council said it was keeping well informed about the project. 
Councillor Sam McDonald said then that there were no concerns over sustainability issues or any other issues raised at a meeting where a new guidance document, an enduring statement of expectations for the council's various companies, including Christchurch Airport, was discussed. The document included a new requirement for any land deals to be notified to the council prior to being finalised, as well as communication on potential negative media attention or impacts on the council's balance sheet or reputation. The Terrace project has been initiated and will be progressed by Christchurch Airport, which is an independent standalone commercial business operating at arm's length from the council, McDonald said. As a council, we have previously been briefed on the project, which included an explanation of the airport company's strategy, how the Taras project fits within it, and how that strategy ultimately delivers a meaningful and sustainable dividend to CIAL, which is the airport company, and therefore to the council. Sustainable Terrace is on record as having said justification for the project is still hard to understand for many. It has said in the past that mass tourism was going out of fashion before COVID-19 arrived and predictions are that the impact of the virus on international travel will have a long tail. Queenstown Airport CEO Glenn Sowry says it's high-value tourists the region now wants to attract, and while numbers are predicted to increase, capacity would be there to meet them. We're confident that Queenstown Airport will meet the needs of the region into the future with excellent domestic and Tasman connections, which bring high-value tourists and provide connectivity for our local community, he says. An alternative airport at Taras will be subject to both community and planning consent. If there is ultimately support for the proposal, we remain very confident in the positioning of Queenstown Airport. Meanwhile, CIAL continues to focus on its principal task, to make money for its shareholders, but acknowledges that exactly what is in the Taras proposal for Central Otago is yet to be documented. Part of our investigations involves detailed studies on the specific benefits of the project at a local and regional level, Singleton says. Like our other work streams, we will release that information as our work progresses. Whatever that may bring to light, the decision on whether an international airport will be built in the valley or not will ultimately come down to district and regional government planners assessing whether Christchurch Airport's applications fit whatever rules are applicable on the day. However, Sowry is critical of claims being made by Christchurch Airport, saying it is touting absolute nonsense. The airport is claiming the population of the wider region as its potential passenger catchment and says getting wide-bodied jets into central Otago via a new facility is vital to avoid future economic and social hardships. Sowry and others say figures and maps created by CIAL are at odds with the air travel-related demographics of the area. The graphics under dispute were used at a public forum at a central Otago District Council meeting last year and at presentations at business networking groups in the region. 
The betrayal of the capacity and even the existence of the four existing airports was one cause of consternation among Southern Airport chief executives who saw the presentation on the council's YouTube channel. The future ability of Queenstown, Invercargill and Dunedin airports to service the region was dismissed by CIAL for their lack of capacity and growth potential and vulnerability to climate change. And Wanaka Airport didn't even feature on the CIAL's map. Estimates given in CIAL's presentation of potential domestic travellers who would use an airport at Taras included residents of the Queenstown Lakes District. The figures ignored the existence of Queenstown and Wanaka airports, which already serve that area, according to Sowry. CIAL is claiming the full catchment, which is just wrong, he says. It seems to have ignored the fact that Queenstown Airport exists and serves the needs of the community perfectly effectively. And although accommodating jet aircraft at Wanaka Airport has previously met strong community opposition, putting expansion planning on hold, discussions about what could be achievable and acceptable to the community are far from over. Former Dunedin Airport Chief Richard Roberts also felt the existing air connectivity in Dunedin and the region and its growth potential were ignored in the presentation. He believed the four existing airports in the lower southern region could easily cater for the forecast growth. Dunedin and Invercargill airports both have surplus capacity, he says. Invercargill has the third longest runway in New Zealand at 2,200 metres. Dunedin can extend its runway to 2,445 metres. Dunedin Airport also has the ability to upgrade for wide-body operations at a significantly lower cost than building a new airport. CIAL's statement that Dunedin Airport has limited local catchment growth is also disputed. StatsNZ has projected the population of central Otago to increase by 9,300 over the next three decades to 31,000, not the 100,000 CIAL is claiming, says Roberts. This growth can easily be serviced by the current airports in the lower south region. Using the same statistics sources Christchurch used in his presentation, both Dunedin and Queenstown are each forecast to grow by more than the central Otago district over the period to 2048. 10,400 for Dunedin, 25,500 in Queenstown and 9,300 in central Otago district. CIAL says its project is about regional infrastructure and is not driven by local authority boundaries. We believe the geographical area we reference best reflects a growing region and is where new airport infrastructure will be needed in the next 20 to 50 years and beyond, Singleton says. <music> Nigel Finnerty, Invercargill Airport's boss, says wide-body aircraft could be hosted there with some upgrades to the terminal and runway. He denies CIAL's claim that the facility's growth is limited. There are no limits on future local catchment growth. In fact, regional development groups such as Great South are working to drive regional growth married with sustainable development to recognise Southland's potential. 
Finity says StatsNZ is predicting growth of up to 25,000 by 2048 for the airport's catchment. He thinks capacity for future growth across the south already exists, be it freight or passenger needs. Our freight business, particularly high-value perishable produce such as seafood and fresh products, has increased significantly with the introduction of the Air New Zealand A320 direct jet service to Auckland in August 2019. This type of freight opportunity is only expected to increase as primary production, particularly in the aquaculture and fresh produce space, grows. He goes on to say that Invercargill is already planning 20 to 30 years ahead. And with CIAL's home city facility acting as the main gateway, the existing southern network is capable of providing for future growth. The rationale for a fifth airport in the Lower South Island is yet to be established. Existing infrastructure is better placed to deliver a long-term, sustainable and ultimately more environmentally friendly service. Dunedin Airport has enthused about the prospect of new green technology in the past. The airport says it's committed to supporting and facilitating aviation technology into the future and electrified regional aircraft are going to play an important part on domestic routes. Queenstown Sowery says CIAL's population graphics are factually incorrect and its shareholder return claims on investment in a greenfield airport off the mark. However, he concedes the region's infrastructure has been strained and Queenstown Airport was under pressure five years ago, making the growth debate front and centre. COVID gave us a hard reset, he says. It's forced the global aviation and tourism industries to reflect on where to from here. Queenstown has doubled its security screening area, has plans to invest in the terminal building to allow more space, and is using the introduction of larger but quieter aircraft such as the A320 and the A321neo to respond to growth as it comes. He says CIAL seems to have forgotten the world has changed. CIAL claims the annual value to Central Otago of having daily arrivals of international wide-bodied aircraft would be $670 million, compared with the $185 million of narrow-bodied craft, thanks to their ability to carry more passengers in fewer planes. The company, which declines to give the source or calculation method for the figures, is sticking to its guns on the tariff proposal. We have 80 years' experience at operating New Zealand's second-largest airport. We are confident there is a prima facie case for a new airport that warrants further exploration, and that's what we're doing, Singleton says. Summer Fruit New Zealand would welcome the ability to fly fresh fruit direct from central Otago to overseas markets, says Chief Executive Kate Hellstrom, Craig Hall, chair of the Summer Fruit Export Council, is also enthusiastic. The predominant air freight product is cherries, with about 4,000 metric tonnes exported a year, with growth to 10,000-plus expected, Hall says. At present, produce is trucked from central Otago to either Christchurch or Auckland, then air freighted, an arrangement that will be under pressure within five years. Whether suitably connected airlines would choose to fly to Central Otago using wide body or any other aircraft type would 
of course, be up to them, something everyone agrees upon. That was reporting on the Taris Airport developments by Jill Heron, published on Newsroom. The details long read is supported by the Public Interest Journalism Fund, and we'll be back next week with a new long read. Kakiti anō. Thank you.